next month, Sacred Reich will release reissues of their classic albums, Ignorance, Surf Nicaragua, and The American Way via Metal Blade Records. Available on CD and LP, these reissues feature the original artworks and layouts, and the vinyl can be purchased in a variety of limited colors. Pre-order your copies now at MetalBladeStore.com. Once again, Sacred Reich reissues, classic album, Ignorance, Surf Nicaragua, and The American Way. Go to MetalBladeStore.com to pre-order your copies now. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody? It is I, your host, Petr Spych. I'm always joined by... They call me Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at your buddy Gooch. And don't forget the class that is brought to our show is by... Really? Maybe. The class? Sylvia brings the class. The class. Oh. Oh. Dainty. Thanks. Dainty Dane. <laughs> uh, I guess when you compare her to me, then absolutely. Well, I, was, I would. That's, yes. That's what is that what we were doing? Goes? Is yeah. that what Brandon we were doing? Is pretty rough. I'm pretty rough. Jocelyn is too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She says a lot of uh, who, who would you dirty say is, words. Who's you, who would you say is the class of the show after you introduce yourself? Go. Oh, I'm Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we could follow you where? Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. And who would bring the class to the show? Jocelyn. Yeah. So (laughs) first off, I like how I am automatically like, oh, Gooch is last. Brandon's last. He's last place. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official Instagram. And you can also follow Jocelyn, the one that brings the class to the show Mm -hmm. at J-O-Z-A. Classelyn. Sorry. (laughs) We're already starting that. (laughs) At J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Wizard of Jaws on her TikTok there. This week, guys, we have Adam Zars from Tribulation on the show. We are here to promote the new album, When the Gloom Becomes Sound. It is coming out January 29th. Fantastic record. Make sure you're pre-ordering it. But before we jump into our interview with Adam, let's talk a little bit about this week's Metal Sucks News. This week, anyways. Mm. Yeah. I always get a weird mental image. I know image. that's what I'm going for. Mm. I like to I like to make everybody feel a little sick, oh, a little unsure of themselves when we start talking to major news. First story we want to talk about: <laughs> uh, Dino Cazares from uh, Fear Factory, the only member of Fear Factory that we're aware of right now, mm-hmm. as we know. He posted a picture of a bullet found in his windshield. Oh, no. This is like a Law and Order SVU, not SVU, normal Law and Order. Yeah, it's just regular old, <laughs> not special victims unit. Why would there be a bullet in his windshield? Brandon, go. Uh, it's oh, boy. people. <laughs> He owed money. He owed money. Yeah. Ooh. Is it Burton C. Bell? Oh, it could oh. be. No, it yeah, what fifty-something-year-old certain Burton C. Bell got there like straight gangster? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Sylvia, why do you think there was a bullet in his windshield? Um, someone was fucking around. There you go. So I was grew, I right? I I don't know. This, uh, was I right? Yes. <laughs> you know, this Very. Is, this is what people <laughs> post on Instagram is like bad days. I thought oh, it's a bad day. There's a bullet in my windshield. Well, I I we talked about this. Uh, many times on the show, I grew up in apartments, and things like this would be normal. Like people would 
kids would get guns. I don't want. I know that sounds horrible, but they would. You'd have these people with guns, and they'd go shoot dumb things. Nine times out of ten, windshields were like number one item because they can shoot, pop, break it, and run. Let me let me right? tell you something. Go. Okay, Kid, my uh, here's a little side story. Okay, you're yes. just talking about how bad we were as kids, and I also think that's a time thing. I also think that's an era thing because my niece. Okay, she's okay. eight years old. And she is the sweetest child on she the planet, is okay? And for Martin Luther King Day, just out of nowhere, she mm-hmm. just was like, she just wrote up this big old proposal for a food drive. And my sister posted it online yeah. and a bunch of people, and dude, there was like all these boxes of food and nice. they had a big old PayPal account that she donated to the shelter. And it was, it was really good to see, right? I'm super yeah. proud of this kid. And my mom's like, oh, she's so sweet. And I go, mom. You got to understand, you know, she's eight years old. And when I was a kid, I was out hanging out with, you know, you go out there when you, when you're hanging out together, it's like your, your age bracket will go from like eight to 13, eight to 14. So when you start hanging out with older kids, that's when you start playing with fire, grab, you know, oh, my dad got a gun. Oh, let's go shoot a windshield. You know, like, let's go do something really over the top fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and I just think in this day and age, everybody's inside. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I mean, these kids are inside. There's always, oh, let's make a play date. Well, back in my day, you would just play. You would just go to this, somebody's house and play. And First nowadays, off, he it's said, back in my back day. in my yeah, day. He did say uh, that. Back in the eighties and the nineties, when I was a kid, it's like that that Big Brother almost that that constant surveillance of children wasn't yeah. that. Well, you traveled in packs in apartment complexes. At least when I grew up, we would travel in packs mm-hmm. because obviously you didn't want to be alone. Because yes, there was some creepy people around, and so. Your parents would be like, all right, who are you playing with? I'm playing with Pee Wee, I'm playing with Q, I'm playing with Carl. Cool, there's five of you, go. Pee Wee, Q, and Carl, I don't trust Those are that real trio. Names. I Anyways. don't trust that fucking trio at all. And so, uh, Windshields got destroyed <laughs> on your watch. You know, one of, the wor- of one of the worst things I did was because uh, it was because of Pee Wee. I know, it just sounds and like This a, is a true mm. story. Is that I think I might have said this you on might the have show. Said this. Is that they wanted to egg this kid's house because he did something, I don't know. And then uh, when you're part of the pack, you just say, okay. So I said, okay, at the time. To Pee Wee, and so he went and got eggs, and they were hard from his mom, and they were hard boiled eggs. Did I talk about this on the show? I don't think you told this story. No, I don't remember. Okay, and then so we're like, let's go egg his house. So they all we all throw the eggs, and they're hard boiled eggs, and I throw mine, and it breaks a window. <gasps> yeah, and the dude runs out like screaming. It was like the dad, oh not the God. not the kid, <laughs> and he's like, "My baby's next to that window. Who threw that?" And I walk over, like with my head down. I'm like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know it was a hard boiled egg." And he fucking decked me in the face. Oh no, no, it was in. The, it was like right in the chest, shoulder. Wow. He fucking. How old me. were you? Uh, I was nine or ten. He was probably like thirty. Oh wow! He hit me hard, man. I cried, and I went of home. Course, and my brother was like, "Don't you get punk?" Like my brother was like not on my back because right. he didn't want me hanging out with Pee Wee. Right, <laughs> you dude. Here's dude. Let me. The just dude say, was mad, but there was well, apparently like I look at it now as a parent. And you're like, Jesus Christ! Well, what if you hit glass into a fucking baby throwing hardboiled exactly. eggs? Exactly. What would happen if that were so? You like, got to smack reversed. around a ten year old. But what kid gives you a hardboiled egg and pretends it's not to egg someone's? house? You Pee-wee? can't egg someone's house with a hardboiled egg. Pee Wee. Pee Wee. 
would do it. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. And, and everybody else ran. And that's something I learned that I'm not a criminal because after I did things, I didn't have that reaction to run. I stood and watched. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, I broke no. a window. What happened? Let me not, see what happens next. Let me just say this. Not Brandon. I did not ever run. Not Brandon. Brandon, I like how you're like, oh, you're a criminal if you run. So I guess I'm a criminal because mm. I ran. You like, look like a criminal. Oof, I was very fast. I did run when we set that desert on fire. Yes. <laughs> but that was fire. That was fire. That was different. Um, oh, so, man. You guys had some exciting stories. I just grew up like on like on my neighborhood. It was just like my cousins. But say that, that's good. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm, I'm hoping for for my kids. But like in apartment complex, like all the pe- parents are working two jobs, trying to get by, mm-hmm. doing all. And the kids, you go home, you do your, your schoolwork, me and my brother. And when we went out, we just went home when the lights went out. But dude, I'm telling you, they did not wor- know where we were at. The pack of us kids with our bikes. Mm-hmm. Probably ever, man. You yeah. know, we were talking about like the windshield thing we were talking about with this bullet is that we had an older gentleman. He was like 15 or 16 and we were probably like 10 or 11 that would like we always assumed sell drugs because mm-hmm. we had a basketball court in our apartment complex that we hung out at. And so we would be playing basketball and then nefarious things would be going around the corner and oh, stuff like that because it's kind of like one of those things and so good word nefarious but he would always he would always walk up to us and we thought he was cool right and he would always be like hey guys come on let's let's go to 7-Eleven I'll buy you guys Slurpees or something like that and so we'd go with him fuck yeah Slurpees and we would go all the time and you and, guys were his cloaking device and we were his, this is <laughs> yeah. what I learned later <laughs> yeah is that we would go hey and, what these are my brothers these are my I'm just babysitting I'm not a drug dealer so there'd be like four or five of us did and you get we a Slurpee though yeah, every time you bought okay, me a good. Slurpee or, or dude, I remember. Dude, that's crazy. It was like a $5 investment probably just to get all these kids to, you mm-hmm. know, look like, oh, hey, thanks, Uncle, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then once there was this one time. Uncle Q. No, it's not Q. <laughs> well, Q. What was the guy's was name? Uh, did he have a nickname? He, he Thanks, have, Uncle Joker. He did have Jesus. I almost said like Joker, yeah. but I don't remember his nickname. Anyways, he did. Oh. Yeah. He did. Thanks, have, thanks, Uncle Puppet. He he ended up going to <laughs> juvie and then to jail. And his brother, who was like our age, stabbed somebody when he was like thirteen. Hey, went to juvie. My so it's like it's like it was just a cycle of violence in that little thing. And so, anyways, my my, my point is is that uh. We went to a 7-Eleven one time. He did this all the time. He would just buy stuff, but he would always he was also steal my shit. Like he would be like a bully and steal my shit. Like Lame. he he stole my Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic CD. He's like, "Hey man, let me see that." And he just took it. And I, I like knocked on his door. He's like, "Nobody, we don't have your CD. Get the fuck out of here." And he pushed me and I'm like, "God damn it, he stole my CD." Oh, <laughs> I go home crying and shit. Like so he was a bully too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, but you got several slurpees got out slurpees. of the deal. So what we would do is Not a total monster. The yeah. way it works. He had a heart. I don't want to say I don't want to say a piece of shit, really. I mean, stole a ten-year-old CD, I and know. then you're you're putting Fuck kids you. at risk just so you could go sell drugs. Like yeah. you almost got shot at. Are this is right? this is where we're going to. Yeah. So we we uh, yeah we almost got shot at. But there was the way it worked. The the backstory is that we had water jugs, mm-hmm. and we had it was a quarter to fill up your water jugs, and mm-hmm. we'd have to walk to you know a Seven Eleven for people. It's just like a mini mart, right? But there was like a. A, a grocery store that had those 25 cent water jugs. So me and my brother would have to do this twice or three times a day because we didn't buy the, the waters and the bottles. I don't know if those were available or we just didn't have enough money for them. Back in the day, were there those little water bottles, like the 24 packs? I don't think there were. I don't think, I don't think like so. bottled water was like kind really, of a newer thing, it, was, right? it came around like in the late 90s, yeah. I would have to say, yeah. So we're, it was just the, the gallon jugs. So we would go refill them and, and all the time. So we would have quarters and our dad would send us to go get them. And so, um, this dude's like, hey man, let's go get Slurpees. And I'm like, oh cool, let's we gotta go fill up the water anyway. So we went and got the water. And so me and my brother, Q, we'd carry like two each. And we were like, you know, younger, so it'd be heavy mm-hmm. for the walk. So we'd get as much water as we could. 
And so, he, whatever the guy's name was, I can't remember. We'll call him Joker, but that wasn't his name, dude. I don't know why I thought that. Um, <laughs> he's like, come on, guys. I'll buy you slippers. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Just stay, just stay behind me. Stay behind me. Right? Stringer Bell. And so, he's, it's not Stringer Bell. <laughs> okay. So, we're walking, and then we fill up the water, and we're coming back, and this car pulls up, and they start screaming, and he breaks, and we break, start running right. after of course, him. because you're like, why is he running? Then we should be and running, And then, too. sure enough, we hear, like, gunshots, <gasps> and we, I'm like, I think it's in the air. I think it's whatever. But then, when we get home, one of the water bottles at Q was carrying exploded and oh, so we we're always oh like we, we the, the mythos is like they shot at us and it, it went through q's water bottle and so we would tell everybody this story right we don't know for sure but the water bottle was shattered okay number one pete thinks this is literally what pete said when he was explaining the story to us off yeah. the mic he goes yeah i don't know what happened uh he might have just been running and it exploded, it exploded no though. it doesn't no that's, water just Listen, doesn't combust when you shake it up we were running through Unless it was like hot and the jug is like let already. me let me reiterate we were um, running through fences and all kinds of stuff he could have hit the water bottle on a fence i was way ahead of everybody right right because i was seriously scared shitless of when course. when those dudes pulled up i I saw we saw that whatever the guns and we don't know if they shot in the air shot towards somebody mm -hmm. and that dude was gone so we didn't see him for like a month after that he was gone right so it was clearly some sort of bullshit and and he was a troublemaker so but growing up in apartments like in, in our apartment complex things like this happened man i remember yeah. there was a babysitter that like everybody would like just go through and and you'd walk into this house it was explain like explain what go, go through, through would be Pete. like there'd be all these kids in the room and she would have sex with everyone and Ugh. it's like you'd walk into the house and be like what the fuck is going on here so these things happened like i you said i don't know if that happens these days but in these poor neighborhoods it probably does yeah but if you have parents to tell you stay away from that shit you stay away from all that shit it's uh, just the environment around you no you there's a lot of people know. that don't that do don't that. but i, yeah. I mean we i did. mean i'm sure every parent of every gangster was like hey stay away from puppet we but they were we grew up i love him i love him, oh, I he, love him he's a me. nice boy he gets slurpees for the children <laughs> Stole what my Red Hot Chili Pepper CD. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old mother. He stole sound. my Nirvana Nevermind CD too. Oh, by the way, because yeah. well, I remember going to a pawn shop with my dad, mm. and I was like, "There's that Nevermind CD I lost." I hope he's, he's like, in prison. It. I, I hope he's it. in prison holding someone's pocket right now. Pearl Jam Ten stole that too. Yeah, he stole a lot of my CDs. That fucking guy. <laughs> right? Well, so. he got his. Anyways, it yeah. happened. So my point is, is that in these neighborhoods, I believe people do this for fun. They'll shoot oh, yeah. at car windows, and that's most likely. There's not much to it. Uh, to take a picture and put it on Instagram for the metal world to have a story, I guess that's cool, but I've always been kind of like, Well, Meh. and on top of that, too, just because the whole Fear Factory drama, I'm sure it's like, oh, he got sh he got a windshield shot. There was so much. Like, oh, Burton's behind it. Like, he's some godfather uh, yeah, yeah. pulling things with his or, pinky or ring. Or a fan you know? is upset, yeah. and I, I get it, but like, yeah. I really feel like, I feel like. The, I don't think Mark, D I don't think a fan of Dino is going to have a Mark David Chapman moment. No, you know I what I mean? I do feel that all the press that Fear Factory got during that back and forth of Burton and Dino in like October, November, it was a big story. I, I don't know. I feel like he's out of the spotlight now and they have a new record that's coming out and it's not going to be like, I feel like these people miss the attention. Yeah. <laughs> I probably. always feel that. So it's like, hey, I got a bullet. This is attention worthy. <laughs> hey, so. Kai's remember me? Next story. People that grew up in apartments, everybody that grew up in bad neighborhood apartments, they, they all know the same stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But... uh Anyways, wow! I feel like I grew up in such a rich neighborhood no, because you, I never saw a babysitter get banged by twelve kids. Oh my god! Oh there my was god. awful. There was the uh, yeah, cool. yeah. I was part of a not a what we. Whoa! Hold whoa, on no, a no, second. No, no, no. Oh whoa! Hey oh! Whoa! I 
I awoke. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. So <laughs> what what we did is that awoke. This is this is kind of mean, but like right in front of her Quite apartment. English. She was she was older. I don't know. She was thirteen. Like I said, fourteen. We we're all younger. We're right in front of her apartment. When her mom came home, all the guys they did like a train, and they we, we like got on our knees and held our held the guy in front of ours ankles, and we were screaming choo choo until the mom came out. <gasps> and I was part of the choo choo train on the outside, <laughs> not the inside. Yeah, Pete's like, you can cut me. You can cut my. You can take my place. You can take my place. You can take my place. <laughs> and then the mom came out so fucking bad. Like, the, the dude. That so was, the mom knew what was going on. Well, the guy, the guy in the front, he was like, you know, the guy that started that. Hey, we're doing this, and then we went and followed him. We called him Breadhead. We talked about Breadhead before, and uh, he's the one that started it all. And he 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 did say something to the mom but when the mom came out she came out with a broom trying to hit us and we ran oh okay this is the kind of shit that you did man i know Dude, how bad I, it's like i think I feel, a, I feel like my whole like from like i'm gonna tell five you, to 15 was pretty pretty rough this is a thing dude. with like bad bad pete, bad things yeah pete is one of the most wholesome people around yeah. okay like it's it's infuriating sometimes for me because yeah. i am not wholesome. You're not wholesome i'm not all. wholesome you know uh, and it's or classy. Fuck, motherfucker! I'm classy <laughs> as shit. Anyway, I'm classy as shit. I'm classy as shit. No, but wow. it, it's so funny because Pete is so wholesome. But then when he tells these apartment stories, you're like, oh my god! Yeah. Like the things you were exposed. But he's to wholesome is, by choice. He's like, it's like he's one of these uh, immigrants from like a war torn country, <laughs> and then he comes to Vegas, and he's just like, oh, hey, this is no biggie, no biggie. Who cares? Yeah, no biggie. Yeah, no biggie. If I didn't leave my country, I would have had like a, a AK-47 at the age of 12, right? Or some... Cr- that, that's yeah. legit. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that, he, that's he, legit. Because his parents, yeah. his parents, they yeah. left uh, for for America, like, and then a few years later is when the Civil War happened mm-hmm. in Yugoslavia. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So, I, I guess I guess Fucking doing fake crazy. trains outside uh, at the babysitter's house. Yeah. America. That that America. Fake trains mean America. Fake trains mean America. <laughs> Never, never, never shot a gun at anything. Nothing like that. I, I think I told you guys that we did used to throw rocks at cars when they drove by, yeah. stuff like that. Stupid shit. But, uh, but yeah, you're being a teenage boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is all boy. Yeah. Yeah. trouble. Oh, trouble. But fun. yeah, the the egg. Yeah, that's a bad memory. Oh. Trouble's fun. That guy came out like, and I didn't, I, I didn't understand why he was mad. But like looking back, I'm like, holy shit, dude! Yeah. If someone did that yeah. to my kid, I would. I would punch a nine-year-old too. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I love that. God, I want to I want to get that clip right there. Just that little I would punch a nine-year-old too. Punch a nine-year-old like, yes. too. Hey, sometimes, man. Hey, Bassam is broken. Back in, in the in, in the early nineties, uh, I if a cop came, I would have got scolded. Yeah, that guy wouldn't have went to jail. <laughs> he would have been like, You did what? Man, get out of here. It's yeah. just a different time. Uh, but anyways, next story we wanted to touch on before we jump to our interview with Adam from Tribulation, guys, is that uh the 2021 summer festivals, a lot of them are booked, but the cancellations just started happening for the May and June was. What are your guys' guess? We're wrong all the time. We've been, I think, I feel like I've been the most wrong on when concerts are coming back yes. on this show. You have been, well, you've just been overly positive, and I have to be like, Pete, no, no, no. You're not allowed to think good things are happening. I remember March and <laughs> April last year, no joke. I remember March and April last year. I'm like, dude, September is fine. That's what I think you even said August. You were I like, said August, oh, yeah. August's coming. I'm like, I, I, well, I that's, that's when they were rescheduling. I'm like, August is fine. I, I, never, think, yeah. I never said anything, but I always thought that things would get back to normal by like May or June. That no. quick. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, wow, wow, wow. I was more positive. No. More than positive. You. No, I knew. I, I was like, September's fine. I yeah. knew. I knew right from the jump. I was like, this is gonna go a long time. And uh, 
You know, I didn't. I, I thought doomsayers maybe, doomsay though. You no, like doomsaying? I don't like doomsaying. I just it's the, pay it's, attention to trends and I pay attention to things and I go, okay, well, I take some information here and some information here. I study people and I see what's going to happen. And I'm right. The loudest people in the world are very stupid, mm-hmm. and they're going to and they are going to impede progress for the majority. Mm. And that's what happened. So, like, just like, just like, uh, I it, felt, I felt progress by August of last year. September seemed like no. the 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 dumb element would happen. I I thought I thought concerts would, and this is the thing. Like, Be honest. Here's, when did you think they were going to come back? About now, like at around like January twenty twenty one, maybe even February. Uh, I did not think anything was going to happen in twenty twenty. I thought twenty twenty was a complete wash. Okay. I was shocked, like shocked that mm-hmm. they had a when they announced. The NFL was going to happen. I mean, so relieved. I was super happy, but I was like shocked just because there was so much fear, yeah. so much misinformation. You know, you had the president saying certain things. You had the news saying certain things. It's like mm-hmm. no one knew what the hell was going on. You couldn't get a straight answer. And because there was so much confusion, that prevents the smart people mm. from g- leading the charge. You got to fight now. Like everything is going to take so much longer because you got to fight through this wall of idiocy and misinformation and straight up lies mm-hmm. just to get, find somebody who's got a credible source, a credible leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci was even saying, Saying that you could expect full stadiums, full NFL stadiums, you know, and that kicks off in September. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what he's saying. Again, we don't know. It's all speculation. July, July. Mm. Mm, I knew Pete was gonna mm. go. He was gonna. He was gonna uh, out positive me. July. He was gonna mm. out po- I said August. I thought that was very fair. I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen in America. I do think it will happen in Scandinavia and Europe. Okay, in Europe, yes. July. Sure. In Europe, oh, okay. yes. We're talking about the U.S. I said yeah. the world. We're talking about the only country that matters, the U.S. of goddamn A, you son of a bitch. Mm, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. No. That's we're, not we're, true. Thank you, Scandinavia. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Apologize. I, I did. I did. I did. Right he didn't mean it the second Here's time. a hard eight apology. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does anybody know what the heart eight is on this episode? <laughs> go, just go back to last episode. <laughs> hey guys, repeat listen, repeat listen for sure. So um, technically we had Sturgis out here in America, right? Last year? Yeah. That was pretty much that. So, I mean, I, I guess technically <laughs> turned into a super that. spreader event. Like, oh my God. Yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> I don't I know if it I did. Or I don't know. I don't know. That, did it really? I don't yeah, really know. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's what they're follow. saying. That's what they're it. saying. But again, you never know. It's that's what I'm really saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You that never know. They did it without really being yeah, smart about it, is my point. It did happen. Made sense. I think it'll be a minute like mm. later in the year. When will you officially start going to stadiums and all that stuff? I know. I know. Like in your mind, if, if the vaccine's out there and you're good, are you still going to be like more precautious? Be like, I'm going to wait another year? Or, or are you going to be like, good when they say it's good? Uh, I'm good when they say it's good. I mean, I've look, man. Hard I, I, I know. Eight. I know. What's up? Hard eight. Hard opinion. eight. Oh, hard it's eight. It could be eight point two. Uh, like okay. Like for example, I've seen people that go take so much precautions. Like Dave Chappelle, it was is rumored to be kind of a germaphobe. Like yeah. when this whole thing was going on, he would make he'd have like. Uh, 
immediate testing right there at his shows and shit. Like it was while this was, whole thing was going on, mm. he was very, very serious about it. Well, yeah, he was so serious he still did shows. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is he's got he's he's making sure that his openers and the comics and the audience all have COVID tests yeah, right he's there making in sure hand. He's okay. I got right, you. right, right. So he can make money. Absolutely, good guy. I'm with you. No, no, no. I'm not saying good guy. I'm not Keep saying. Going, though. I'm not saying yeah. good guy. I'm just saying it's like this guy played it so safe, and guess but what? To the point. He caught it. Yeah. And it's like so. There's no way. Uh, my my point is is like you can live your life in fear, for so you know, and 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 wonder, are you gonna? Am I gonna get it? Am I gonna get it? Or you could just. I I can't live my life in fear like that. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And it's like, uh, when they say it's good. When they say it's good and I get the the vaccine and all this and and everything's running, I'm like, look, man, we just got to get this thing back on track as fast as possible. If you don't want to get the vaccine, I get it. There's a lot of fear associated with get, taking a brand new vaccine. I don't want to end up with like a, a third testicle or something. You know what I mean? Ugh. But it could happen. First off, my other two are beautiful, so it would be three beautiful testicles. Hard eight opinion. But th- th- getting a third testicle from a vaccine is not a hard eight opinion. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying the, the, the it's first just two. Hard. No, I'm saying. Hey. The, I did say the first two were beautiful, so that is a hard eight opinion. So I looked at all the studies, and there was no testicle tex, testicle growth from taking the coronavirus. Vaccine. Okay, well, so, so your you, opinion is bar- no. I'm just saying, well, look, it's okay. a hard four. Look, QAnon <laughs> lizard person. Look, here's the thing. Uh, the lizard person is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, you you didn't you haven't heard about these fucking heard, assholes? I haven't heard oh, nothing about QAnon. Lizard people. It I don't is, need this knowledge. That's what I'm I don't saying. need. Like, I don't need right. noise, bro. He's right. And here's I don't. A, I don't need to have a conversation. I don't need to be informed. This is of where made it, of bullshit. This is where it, it upsets yeah. me. Where Pete upsets don't me because I'll, I'll bring that up and I'll go. I'll say something like, "Yeah, there's these these dumb fucks that believe in lizard people. They really are." And he just pretends like it doesn't even exist. And I'm like, there are a few hundred people out there that are wrapped up into that shit. Who's happier? Pete, because he doesn't know. <laughs> that, that okay? That, yeah, that's the that's thing. Good. That's it is good. You know, it's like I've learned. <laughs> don't be mad at why it. Do, I know. Why do I have to know to have conversations with idiots? <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to know these lizard people theories, man? Why do I have to know what a false flag is to have conversations oh, with people that are God. idiots? Because like, we have to. I can, I because when it gets brought up. Because when it gets brought up, I have to. I don't want to explain. He doesn't it want to, to explain, you. so you're being an inconvenience. <laughs> you're making my life harder. Oh, I got it now. So you're just being this is true. I do because so you'll bring it up. Be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Let's talk about the Browns. You know, yeah, like that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking no, about. Pete will I'll fucking, segue right to the Pete will Browns. throw. Pete will throw. And but here's the thing: I either a get mad or b and go. Yeah, let's yeah, talk let's about, talk the, about Browns. the Browns. <laughs> so I win. I'm like yeah. validate me. Yeah, and, and people are like, oh, let's, let's, let's talk about Iron Man. Okay, let's talk about Iron Man. Talk Iron Man. Yeah, you know, let's do it. Like I just let's just move on from that stuff because yeah, you know, I don't need that shit. I know you don't. Yeah. I read I read a lot like of books and things like that. My, I just I guess I guess the point is like I guess that, the point is but know? here's here's where Pete does this is where it gets infuriating. Pete's like I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I and then I explain it to him and then he goes, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" And he's like mad at me. And then I have to go up there and Google. I'm like, "This is what these old morons are talking I'm about." I'm not mad. I'm I'm just saying this is no, the, no, the true no, story. No, is no, like, no, I'm don't like, talk to me about. Don't why, just that. Don't, why don't bring are it up. We, like, why are we regurgitating idios, <laughs> idiot, you are idiot right. talk? So, but we're we're putting in our conversation, our lives. We're but not those people. But, well, but you're asking. Explaining. Yeah, yeah. You're asking. He's explaining because he's doomsaying. No, no. He oh, tells me this stuff boy. to be like, this someone's oh, gonna come and blow up your world. It's part of doomsaying. It's not. It's not doomsday. It is doomsaying. Here's the thing. Whenever I say, whenever something happens, a doomsayers do this. Whenever a doomsayer, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, pause. I wish the person listening to this right now. 
now we're in my spot to, to see my pov right now because Ooh. both of you are yelling at me trying to get yeah. your sylvia look at me you're on my <laughs> side me you're no. on my side no yeah it's, it's sylvia's <laughs> caught in a custody battle between pete and i Doomsayers. I'm smarter. Oh just, just say oh, a bunch of doom, was... and then when some doom happens, which is inevitable, hard eight opinion, that, which is inevitable, something will happen. Oh, what I tell you, one of those guys right. did this, yes. and it's like, yes, I'm right. You're not right. You say every day the apocalypse is going to occur, like the actual apocalypse, and there's going to be civil wars and all this insane shit. No, and then one idiot does something. Doomsayers <laughs> get excited. They talk about it. They call it. Can you believe? And you're like, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. Can First you off, believe that everybody else except for one fucking moron lived their life in peace, was kind, and was pretty goddamn good? Can we talk about that every day? Because if you want to talk about that, I'm your guy. Yeah, wow. But I don't want to talk about what, the doom. What, what an exciting <laughs> podcast that would be. Pete, how was your day? My coffee was great. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of things you can talk about besides coffee. You can talk about heavy metal. We are. Oh, we're doing that right now. We're bringing positivity. Into- All I'm saying is this. Here's the- he accuses me of doomsaying where I'm like, yeah, there's these dumb fuck. He's like, well, what happened? And I'll go, well, these idiots, these idiots think this. And what is Brandon believes that? in the Thanos theory. He wish he can snap and half the world can die. Okay. Look, <laughs> right? It's not That's that I believe in the Thanos theory. You just wish it would happen. I just, just wish I were it. Thanos. That's that what is it is. Doomsay. That's not doomsay. That's You're doom wish. A bunch of people. That's doom. <laughs> wish that's not doom say oh, that's doom wish <laughs> totally different doomsayers right branded all the people that want to talk about coffee oh, rise to offend at gmail.com they bet, yeah <laughs> you better you better improve your you better have a good attitude you're talking stop about stop staring at sylvia she's on my side no sylvia oh. no come on. <laughs> you're, you're over here with me when mom and dad fight it's fun poor sylvia Cleveland Browns had a great year. They did have a good year. Okay. Let's talk about something positive. Let's Boom. Jump he just into, did it. He just I did just it. He fucking did it. derailed me. So let's jump into our interview. Something positive. It. Let's talk about music. It let's happened. talk about a great new record from Tribulation. Here's my interview with Adam from Tribulation. I wanted to start it off kind of like, because I like the world, the mythos is that's kind of like behind Tribulation and and I know that you guys like have immersed yourselves in like mythos and magic, and I think elemental magic specifically for like this record. Tell me, I don't know, I know you don't research it, but tell me about your passion for that kind of stuff, man. Um, yeah, uh, where should I begin? <laughs> it, I mean, it's been a, a, a lifelong interest of mine. Um, Religion in, in general, I suppose, but uh, also the more explicit sides of it, I guess. And myth in general as well. And um, I'm not I'm not sure why why this is. Um, and I you know I've been trying to figure that out recently, and I'm I'm guessing it, it's got to do something with with us growing up in in Sweden uh, that is sometimes called the most secular country in the world and uh, you know growing up in that in 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 a, in, in such a secular society uh, in in you know modern gray architecture and so on I, I I'm I guess you need some some escape from that sometimes, something that uh, makes the world alive again and and uh, 
that that could possibly be be why um, now I'm just uh, theorizing I guess but um, you know I, I started I started getting interested in in all of this earlier but it all got uh, you know enhanced via metal really uh, especially with with bands like you know morbid angel singing about the cthulhu mythos and so on necronomicon mm. uh, and i thought that was really cool when i was you know 13 and 14 and and i still do of course yeah, but, still cool uh, it's still cool <laughs> yes yeah, still still cool but but by at that time i you know i was uh, almost a little bit afraid of it as well even though at that time I, I I didn't believe in any of it, but at, you know to some extent it still uh, frightened me and allured me at the same time, I guess. So, and as as the years have gone on, I I've just been uh, this is what I've been doing, and I'm I'm studying uh, the history of religion at the the university nowadays so it's it's more or less a full-time a full-time job fascinating <laughs> at the moment oh i love this dude because i i feel like my belief system um i do feel like there's a large majority of it that is fiction that i accommodate to due to the fears that i kind of grew up as a kid with i know it sounds kind of weird but anything i was scared of that interested me and then i found out i'm not scared of kind of um, has always drawn me in to a certain point. Now, I, I do have yeah. strong limitations just for me that my comfort zone, let's just say, but that fear is something that I've been chasing my entire life to feel. Is that, uh, is that a strange, uh, is that, is that strange to you or is that just kind of sound similar? No, it's not strange. And, and I mean, this, this is called, this has been called Mysterium Tremendum et Fascinans. <laughs> nice. Um, that it's both, uh, I mean, about about religion in general, I, I guess, about the the eruption of the sacred into the world and so on. That it's it's both it's both very frightening and it's extremely fascinating at the same time. So I mean, that, so that's not strange at all. I think it's it's a very common thing you you can read about in in scholarship at least about religion. Nice, man. So everybody out there, real quick, because I forgot to introduce you. I got Adam Zars from Tribulation. We are here to celebrate, by the way, the new album, Where the Gloom Becomes Sound. It's coming out January 29th. I'm extremely fascinated with the religion thing and the fact that you're learning about it. Even It makes me want to just stay on this, but I, I'm going to keep talking about the record <laughs> as well. But one thing about... About like what you're learning and stuff like that, like for religion, like early on, just out of curiosity, because my listeners would love to hear this from your studies. And I know you're just going through school and there's not an expertise, but you're going to know more than all of us right now because we haven't done that. I always thought that it was kind of ba a basis for sort of a government early on for people when I read um, different versions of religion. Is there some truth to that from your studies or was it really a tool to i guess just tell people how to live what do you what do you feel on that do you mean religion as government yeah i always felt that religion was kind of government like it's like if you live okay, this way yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 
Um, I mean, yeah, like you, like you just said, I'm not, not an expert on this, but I, I still think I can uh, answer it to some extent, at least. Um, this is what we've been... This is the story, this is the narrative, right, at, at the moment, that religion equals oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, th- that has been true to some extent, uh, obviously, but... Uh, I think it's it's a very one-sided uh, picture of it. It's um, I mean, just looking back at how the church was, that was I mean, in in any in any village or any town, it was absolutely a place where the priest told you what to do. Um, but it was also the you know the meeting the meeting ground for for everyone that's where everything centered um that's where everything happened that's if there was a festival um you know that's that's probably where it was and so on so so i it's a it's a very one-sided uh, picture of of uh, in this case christianity i guess um and it's it's not really strange that people have this um, picture of it, I think. I mean, I can only uh, speak about how it was in in Sweden in in the 19th century, where where you would have the priest come to your house and, you know, examine you at... um, I don't know what it's called in English. It's um, Luther's catechism, I guess. Um, so, so, so <laughs> he would come there, and, and you would have to know what was in it. I don't really know the the, the repercussions uh, if, if if you didn't know, but of course that is <laughs> very intrusive um, to to anyone. So, with that fresh in memory, and with all of the other you know horrors that particularly the the church has has done I, I i i understand that picture of it but it it's not entirely true i'd say and you know just the inquisition I, from from what i gathered recently at least even that picture that the inquisition was only this horrible um horrible uh, group of, of of men that were on the hunt for witches. Uh, that, that that was apparently also true, but um, that's again that's not the whole story. Apparently, I do feel like history is always going to focus on the extreme uh, version, I guess, of of any act. You know, the person that takes yeah. it the farthest. I think that's what's always going to be remembered, and everything that leads up to that. I get, I, th- I don't want to say it's forgotten, but it's not common knowledge. Maybe. Um, and yeah, I, you don't you don't record the the everyday life. You don't record the boring right? parts of war. Yeah, I imagine that there was a lot of walking, you know, like things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Lord of the Rings. Yes, a lot of walking. A lot of walking, but yeah. the second see, we're going back to the mythos, mythicism. I like it. A lot of walking, but <laughs> I only want to see the fight with the spider. <laughs> I only want to see the yeah. two towers. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, and I think that that's the part of life that we 
we tend to fast forward through a lot of the the middle ground before you know the human being or whatever yeah takes an extreme version of it I, i've always been fascinated by um there's no stories to those that um held back that weren't emotionally like full of anger full of rage full of anything there's there's no no stories of the person that walked away you know and yet i no, exactly in society, doesn't it seem like that's what we're trying to teach everybody is to always turn the other cheek and kind of walk away from a conflict? Yeah. <laughs> but we're selling yeah, the opposite, right? Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that story doesn't mm. sell. You don't, you want to read about the, the exciting stuff, I guess. I know, yeah. And I, and I wonder that about us as, as uh, just across the world as humans. We only, like... I've I've always been kind of fascinated, but not I don't want to say fascinated, but like true crime podcasts when they break down this is why the killer did it and they go through it and we never remember the victims' names, but we always remember the killers, things like that. I was always yeah. fascinated by like why we kind of retell those stories more or less, mm. oppo- because of there's so, such horrific tragedies, you know. Um, but. I, I'm no, I, I'm no different. I think in a lot of ways, the excitement and what I just brought about the fear is what I'm chasing. Yeah. So it's like I do kind of lean towards that side as well, but I don't like that. I guess about myself. But I wonder why we are that <laughs> no. way. I wonder why we are that way. You know? Uh, yeah, it it is a very strange thing, especially with like, you know, serial killers and mm-hmm. and and similar things like that, which has all also always fascinated me. But it's it's always up to the point where it doesn't feel real. Yes, perfect. Yeah. It does. When when you're actually you know when you're actually thinking you know about it one more time, uh, it's you know it's more difficult, <laughs> and it's it's not very fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or or maybe it's even more fascinating to some extent, but it's still it's still you know horrible. Yes. It's like, for me, I don't know if you're a meat eater or uh, the diet. I am. You know, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan or anything like that. But growing up, just that being a part of my life, when I did start seeing videos on slaughterhouses and certain things, it's just something I blocked out, you know, because I didn't, yeah. I, cause I didn't want to take the time to change my diet. That's the truth. Okay. I was like, no, nah, I just, my life's too hard right now. Let me just focus on eating when I can, you know, like <laughs> what I can. <laughs> and so convenience is always... Um, almost driven my moral code to a lot of extent in my life and uh yeah yeah i i yeah i I feel like a lot of people relate to that because our lives are going so fast especially in modern times you know um yeah yeah i was i was just about to say that's that's the story of of modern modern man yeah dude and so a, a spiritual revolution i always feel is on the edge of that because i feel convenience is going to make us all cynical and it's also going to make us all unhappy eventually right because we're not going to appreciate what we yeah got. that's that seems to be what's going on yeah, a lot of right a lot of depression yeah and so do you as you're studying religion it, did you see maybe in the past something like this where a spiritual revolution was brought upon and i'm not saying religion but some sort mm-hmm. of like um other worldly belief system i don't and i guess that is religion so i just <laughs> yeah yes well, yeah but they always end up in as revolutions yeah have a tendency to do uh, it's usually um horrible in the end <laughs> only the idea is incorruptible 
Only the idea, yeah, but the actual <laughs> movement always exactly. seems to get the power involved, right? We all, we all got to yeah. do that, man. So, <laughs> dude, I, let's let's. I mean, you, you, you can see see one of these things. Um, there's re- recently been, um, I think it's on, could be on Netflix. I didn't see it on Netflix, but um, a TV series for, for the name of the rose, Umberto Eco's old. Mm. book um about you know about william of of baskerville this this uh 14th century monk that's um kind of like a sherlock sherlock holmes kind of guy and it's um this guy and i forget his name again he played you know jesus in the big lebowski oh john Turturro. Yeah, yes. gotcha. he, he, he was in, um, involved in the making of it, and he plays William of Baskerville. And in that um, story, I mean, from, from the book initially, um, there is one of these, you know, kind, kind of revolutionary uh, groups of people that are, I think they're from the Franciscans, uh, this guy called Travolcino, that's... Uh, you know, going against the the church, the Pope, um, and and trying to create something new, and they end up, you know, killing a lot of people instead. <laughs> so, so I guess that's that seems to be how the story goes. Maybe someday someone will succeed, but. <laughs> yeah yeah no that's i and and i i see no other result because people always question you know and and i i I will always question you know until i'm scared of of my life and then i'll be like okay i say yes you know type of thing and i get that so and as humans we should all and it's uh, the, the ones we're scared of is the ones that that want that power so bad i guess that they will kill and be like it's for the right that's what i'm scared of um yeah, yeah, me too. They me always too. pop out because I, I'm not. I'm just being honest, people. I'm not strong enough to kill for what I think's right. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. Like I will no. not shoot another human being for any reason. Uh, that's just me, and and that's a different type of thing. But to uh, I, dude, I love this conversation, and not to segue away. But did you ever see the sequel that, or it's called Jesus, the Jesus Rolls? It's it's a pseudo sequel to the Big Lebowski, and it, he plays the same part of Jesus in this movie. It's with Audrey Tattoo and him. It's horrible, dude. Did you see this? No, no, I didn't see it. Don't do I, it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've now when you're saying it, I think I've I've seen something about it. <sighs> no. Not to, I might skip that. I just skip that. Just trust me, it hurt my feelings so bad. And the cast is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, like but oh what yeah. what a brutal film. But anyways, so when I this is something about the the pandemic that's been going on is that I have had the chance and I and I really love that a lot of bands have done this too, is that I've had the chance to really revisit my live DVDs over and over again. When I'm doing dishes, I got a TV in my kitchen and or doing laundry. I know it doesn't sound that cool to be cooking spaghetti and watching live DVDs, but I'm telling you, I love it. And so this morning when I'm making breakfast, sure enough, I put on your guys' Alive and Dead at Sadra mm. Tetron. Hopefully I said that right. I fucking love it, right? Yeah, almost. <laughs> and almost got it, right? And it just came out a year ago, man. So tell tell me about, because I want to promote that if people haven't gotten it yet. It's not that old. Tell me about the the release, the idea, because you guys do play um, in its entirety uh, – 
down below, which you know was one of our favorite yeah. records of that year. So tell me about how you guys put that together because it was a fantastic uh, live live DVD and CD. Uh, well, at first we just wanted to make uh, a different kind of concert. Um, so we had booked this place, Södra Teatern, the, the, you know, the Southern Theater, um, um, where we wanted to just make it, you know, our night. Um, it, I mean, I don't have anything against playing with, with other bands, but you, there's always a, a time schedule that you have to adapt to. And... Uh, so we had the, the opportunity to, to do whatever we wanted, really. And um, this is a really beautiful venue. It's, you know, similar looking to a lot of uh, venues we played in in the US, actually. Uh, these old theater-like venues with, um, with what do you call them, when, when there's, uh, um, you know, se- sequences in the balconies maybe um and also uh, in front of a seated audience so our idea was that we we wanted to uh do the concert in in two acts as we called it and um, we wanted uh, someone to introduce each act and we we got um Orvar Sävström is his name. He, he, he used to, he sang on the Entombed EP, which one is it? Crawl, I think it's called, from the beginning of the 90s at some point. And, and since then he's been, he's been doing, um, he's been doing a lot of work in, in, in Swedish TV, um, you know, TV shows about, about movies. Um, and he put this, uh, symphony together a horror symphony um with the symphony orchestra of stockholm playing uh, you know famous theme songs from from horror movies and he wanted to use the um, the cover from our first album and the title of our first album so so we got invited to that show so we we kept in touch and we asked him if he wanted to do it and he he accepted so so that was a really cool thing he was standing up you know on the balcony with a spotlight on him um and we also had those you know signals or whatever you call them that are in in the breaks uh, when you go to the theater or to the opera so um the first act was to be like you said down below and then the second act we changed the the stage around to make it more like a a regular, you know, tribulation concert and played, uh, you know, songs from 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 the other albums as well, um, and we also had uh, our friend Sofia join in on on one song to play some some organs, some keyboards. Um, so it was already a, a you know a special special night, and then I don't remember who actually had the idea. It might have been our manager, uh, Leif Jensen. Uh, that why don't you why don't you record it and at first I think some of us wanted to do it I was a bit hesitant because we never played a few of the songs live before um, but we've been touring a lot up to that point so we were all really well rehearsed anyway so 
in the end, we got a, a, a film crew together to do it. And um, of course, someone to record it, Linus Björklund recorded it. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we did, <laughs> in, in retrospect, I'm, I'm glad we did because and I'm always a bit ambivalent to things like that, uh, especially with you know concerts. It, in a way, it takes away the the magic of you know from the people being there, seeing it in a way. But you know, then again, it doesn't hurt to do that every once in a while and share it with you know the rest of the world for whoever wants to see it or listen to it. So um, yeah, I'm glad we did it. It turned out uh, pretty good uh, in the end, I think. I thought it was special for sure. And I, and I, I also have always, I'm, I'm kind of the same where it's like, I need that audience feel, but through this pandemic, watching all these live streams and, uh, you know, without an audience, I've really grown just yeah. accustomed and not accustomed, but I've really grown to really, really appreciate just, you know, the band members in the room, happy playing their song. It's, it's a different format, but it is really still special, man. It's just, like I said, a little bit different. Um, because you don't have that atmosphere, but I the, the live DVD turned out fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, Down Below was such a strong record. I loved it so much, and the momentum going into this record was huge. You guys won like a, a the equivalent for us in the states a Grammy out in Sweden. You went yeah. you went on tour with uh, Ghost. You opened for Ghost across Europe. That was all at the end of 2019, and then I think you guys rolled into the studio sometime around April, right, to record this record. Yeah. Um, so. And again, this is a perfect follow-up. Fantastic record, dude. I'm such a fan. Um, Where the Gloom Becomes Sound, guys, make sure you're pre-ordering it January 29th. But tell us about the writing and recording of this uh, record and if you had songs prepped beforehand before you jumped into the studio in April. Um, well, as as we've done in, on the previous albums, we, me and Jonathan kind of split the, the writing. And uh, we been working on our own, um, sending sending demos mostly, and uh, I think he'd been been he was quite early with doing everything, uh, and he's he's a really he he can he can write songs in a much quicker way than I can, and uh, he uh, luckily he did that. He I think he wrote thirteen songs for the album. And I eventually, I only uh, ended up writing three songs for this one. Who wrote Funeral um, Pyre? So, since, uh, out of curiosity. Sorry? Who wrote Funeral Pyre? I, I, I wrote that one. That's my favorite. Just go ahead. All right. <laughs> I can't stop listening to that song. But way to go. Way to go. Anyways, continue. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, uh, well, um, you know, in, on The Children of the Night and on Down Below, it's pretty much split between us 50 50 mm. uh, but you know it was it was really good that he had written all of that material um, since I, I didn't deliver as much as I probably should have uh, but that didn't really matter in the end and we've, we've always had um, you know the idea that it's it's still it's still tri tribulation regardless um, and uh, of course, this mix between us has been important um, for the overall sound, I think, which might be a challenge in the future, um, since he's, of course, no longer with the band. Um, 
but um, well, uh, so we I think pretty much everything was done when we entered the studio, but we had like ten days or so uh, at the beginning of the studio time to just rehearse and. Uh, you know, if we wanted to change something, then we could do that um, at that time. And some of it remained as, as, as it was. Um, and we, I guess we had to decide on, on which songs to, to actually have on the album as well. Um, and some things, um, of course, changed. Funeral Pyre that you mentioned was mm -hmm. one of them. And, and this is something that I think we've done you know, that, that's been a good thing for the band in the past is, you know, daring to be honest with each other about the music. And um, Jonathan was being honest with me because I, I hadn't finished the song, but he still felt that it wasn't uh, good enough. Um, so I had to go home and do do my homework i guess do rearrange everything uh, and take a lot of stuff away it could have ended up being a, a a really long song at one point but then it ended up being this heavy metal <laughs> you know four-ish minutes rocker um and uh, i guess that's how that's how we've been working at times and that was the last song we actually finished yeah, for the album. Oh, dude. Um, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, the track right before is like In Anna, I think. Iniana, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it kind of rolls right into that. And then, like you said, Funeral Power hits a little harder. It's really well put yeah. together. And, and I mean, last question. I, I know I might, I'm running on time, but you did bring up Jonathan. And I, I, mean, I had him on the show last time when you guys did Down Below. I had a great time chatting with him as well. And uh, it was kind of a surprise to us fans because the record is coming out and I believe it was announced maybe December that he was leaving the group. I remember he told me he was doing solo stuff, things like that previously. But um, for yeah. you guys, um, you, I know everybody's trucking forward, everything's good. And the split, both the, the things that were said were very, very you know, good. It shows that it was uh, you know, not, a, not a, a heartbreaking split, but creatively, like he is very important to the band. You do agree with that right now? I do. Uh, and, you know, at first, when he told us, um, we weren't even sure that, or I wasn't even uh, sure at least, that, uh, you know, I, I wanted to continue because because of this, because he's been such a big uh, part of the band from the beginning. But then, and if, if Joseph, who, who's our new guitar player, if he hadn't... Um, said yes, I don't think we would have continued even. Uh, but, you know, Jonathan suggested Joseph. We had been talking about Joseph in the past, uh, if this was ever going to happen. And uh, luckily he wanted to join. And we've, we've, known, we've all known him, or me and Johannes at least, have known him since, since we were kids. I had my first band with him when we were 13. Uh, and we've been playing a lot throughout the years and we've all admired his songwriting uh, Jonathan has as well uh, and he knows the band you know both both the band and the music 
Uh, I think he knows what we're about. So at the moment, I, I'm not really worried about it. I'm I'm more enthusiastic about it, to be honest. Not that Jonathan is not there, but that we. I think we can create something. Something possibly different, I guess, but something something new and something fresh, and something that's still very much tribulation. So I'm I'm I'm. That's kind of what I want to do now. It it feels bizarre in a way that that the album isn't even out yet. Uh, you know, because this has been the longest year in history, mm-hmm. um, and it it already feels like old news, at least to me, in a way. And because of you know all of this uh, with Jonathan and Joseph, uh, what I what I kind of want to do now is you know just start writing some new material. But you know we we'll, we we'll, we will hopefully get the chance to play these songs live before that happens. I mean, we might start, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, at least. Yes, dude, and I'm not going to let this be old news as far as uh, my podcast goes, because, guys, this record no. is excellent. <laughs> good, so good. You, you, no, I know what you're saying, though, because miss- you're living in that world and all those changes. I completely get what you're saying, but, I mean, I need you guys to make sure you pre-order this record. Yeah, Where the Gloom Becomes Sound is coming out January 29th. Like I said, it's a fantastic record. The last record you guys did together, you, you, you four, and I mean you and Jonathan, so the fans need to get out there, pick it up. These songs, when you guys play them live, I brought up Funeral Pyre. I think that's going to be a, a great song. Hopefully you guys will put in the set list. And uh, dude, I got to tell you, I'm like, sure yeah, dude, it's going to be great. So um, I'm excited about the future. A, a lot of times, like you said, when changes happened, um, in bands, there's I don't have that worry because I trust if people have passion and they still love what they're doing and they know, like I know for sure, Adam, you know how to write a tribulation song. That's all I need to know as a fan, and that's all I got to worry about. So I'll be fine, and we'll be fine out here. <laughs> yeah. So don't you worry about it. So fingers crossed. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, I, we ain't worried at all. Fingers crossed. Touring will happen um, within whenever it's safe, of course, and all that. But yeah. with that, dude, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Guys, first song you heard is off the latest record from Tribulation, When the Gloom Becomes Sound. That song is called Funeral Pyre. Great song. Make sure you guys are checking out the video. Second song off the same record. That one is called Hour 
of the Wolf. Guys, both songs off of Tribulation's latest record, When the Gloom Becomes Sound. It's coming out January 29th. The third song you guys heard is from Corpola Kiliani and that new album, Hilia, is coming out February 5th. The track is called Nime. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews of the good old iTunes and the one-star reviews by all you doomsayers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking God. I hate We appreciate you guys, too, because we know you'll listen angry every week, but you'll listen. But don't worry. Your boy boy Brandon's got your back, doomsayers. (laughs) Give us two stars, because he does. He's got your back. I got your back. If you want to go bitch about... Don't give us two stars. You give us five stars, you dirty bastards. There you go. And if you guys want to listen to our other podcasts, our documentary podcast, documentary discussion podcast, rise to offend guys make sure you guys do check that out we completed john o'brien last week uh depressing but i'm very proud of that episode uh but we have a lot of funny stuff too if you guys haven't heard our cruising episode icp episode two is so funny dave brocky we did a whole documentary on uh, on odorous youngris man it was a fantastic funny episode and then we got some sad ones and we got some controversial ones we did me too we did you know, Colin Kaepernick. We did a few that people were like, whatever. The Ann Cleveland Coulter. Browns. Yeah, we, we did, did the, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we did. They, if you are a sports right. fan, they were offensive. And you know what? Go listen to the episode. Rise to Offense, the name of the podcast. Five-star reviews on that is great. We appreciate everybody out there. We did say, we did listening. say, mm. we did say that Baker was going to lead him out of this, out of the funk. Yeah, did, year, when we did, did an episode like two a year, years, two years ago? Well, there was a season, yeah, yeah. It was right after the first season, ago. his rookie season, when and then the, the second season happened. Nobody cares. Like, no. Yeah, everybody, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're yeah. right. They got to listen. They got to listen. See, he just mm-hmm. doomsayed me. No, I didn't. He's doomsaid me. Did I doomsaid him? I don't know, but it sounds slightly dirty. <laughs> God damn it. Until now next week, the world is going to implode. Okay. Hide in your garage. Make sure it's on an urban dictionary. Hey, stop garage shaming. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.